Hey, holy people. I am your host, Maya Ariel Gaston, and this is the Thoughts and Testimonies podcast. In this podcast, I hope to share with you a little slice of my life and the ways in which I discern how to live as the light in what could seem like a really, really dark world. Now, I am far from perfect, but I do try my best to press forward towards perfection. And these short stories, I pray you find ways that you can be you, shine bright, and stay holy. And if that ain't possible, then maybe take that up with God. Hey, holy people, we are back with another episode. This is episode four. Um, and I am just continuing to be grateful for your support. Um, I want to continue hearing what you think, what your reflections are, how these episodes have been motivating you as they've been motivating myself. Um, but we are going to dive right in to this episode. So last week, I talked about recognizing who we are and who we are called to be. And it shouldn't surprise us then that since we know who we are and God has given us these assignments now according to this new identity, right? It shouldn't surprise us. Well, wrong. <laughs> it was still a huge surprise for me when... Shortly after walking with this new confidence, I got a call to lead an opportunity and a a godly opportunity at that. And I was not even considering this opportunity. It was definitely a quick no for me. A no that I had already decided months ago, right, at the potential of this opportunity of knowing that this might be something that might come across my desk. Um, I already decided I'm not going to do it. But now... I've been faced with this same ask. (laughs) And this time, it's a personal ask with my name on it. Because y'all already know it's different if somebody asks for a volunteer. But then when they ask for you personally to volunteer, it's a little bit harder to say no. So God already knows, you know, I ain't about to just volunteer for anything. Y'all see how he be doing me. But listen, let me tell you how God turned that no to a yes with such finesse. I mean, my God is a true finesser. So right before my job went on winter break last month, and for those of you who all do not know, I work at the community college, so I work in education. Um, so I am on that academic calendar. Thank you, Lord. So we had um, a good two weeks off for winter break last month, um, and I was having a conversation with my coworker, Philippa. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> but it was one of those like, how do we even get on this topic conversations? Like, I didn't even know how we spiraled into it, but we definitely both needed it. And it was a conversation that quickly focused on the authenticity of two believers of faith as a result of the preview of this very podcast. And so I had given her a preview of the content of this podcast um, and any doubts that I might have had about what it is, you know, God has called me to do instantly came, it was silence. <laughs> like it, it came to a complete stop. Um, because I got a preview of the why during this conversation. I got a preview as to why God is calling me to share my testimony in such a vulnerable and permanent way. Um, because you know the internet don't erase nothing. So I was real, real scared about this whole thing. But Philippa began expressing her gratitude and appreciation um, to see such a young person like myself be so open about their faith. 
And she prophetically shared that future generations will be blessed by seeing such an example like this in me. And in the same conversation, I happened to share with her about this opportunity um, that I was presented with and how I was really feeling conflicted about it. And it's an opportunity to work and lead young people my age within our church here. Like, get involved in a real ministry. And if y'all read or heard last week's conversation, then you know exactly where I'm coming from with that statement. Like, this is a real, real ministry. This ain't no, I just woke up one day and decided I'm about to do this. This is for real, okay? So, I just didn't feel like I was qualified enough or holy enough or even experienced enough. And this was before I even had that come to revelation of last week's episode. So y'all give me some grace here. <laughs> but um, like I ain't even made it through the whole Bible yet. Right. Like I'm not even trying to lead people down the wrong path. So, um, you know, I was just like, let me stop here. Right. First off, hold on. Let me stop y'all. Before y'all think this is a bigger opportunity than what it really is. Like, no, I'm not about to go be a preacher or anything like that, okay? This is a team effort opportunity, but nonetheless an opportunity. Um, It will certainly be a project. It's definitely a new project, a revival project um, in the grand nature of our church here. But with that being said, right, who I am um, to be worried about what I can and cannot do, right? When I know that there are other people probably feeling the same way. Like, how dare you, Maya? (laughs) But that's how the enemy works, y'all. But thank the Lord for speaking through people like Philippa. You know, she said exactly what it is that I needed to hear. And that was, Maya, God is not asking you to be perfect, but he is asking you to be an instrument for his use. We need more imperfect people who can relate to who we can see Jesus in, right? And who we can actually relate to and um, be able to witness God moving through their lives. We need more people like that. And I was so blessed that one, she told me that. And two, you know, again, in the context of us being at work, this is such a beautiful moment and I prayed for this when I asked God to you know seek for employment when I first moved to Arizona um after my previous situation I did not want to be in a situation where I did not feel like I could be who I am and I'm gonna Jesus it up every time because me and Jesus got things to talk about all day every day okay not just on Sunday like I am working through some stuff with him every day of the week and so if I didn't feel like I could be at work and share this information, then I knew this wasn't the place for me. And so being able to have such a vulnerable conversation with a co-worker nonetheless, but also to have her affirm who I was and to affirm things that I was doing outside of work, just like um, validated a whole new level of identity and unlocked a whole new level of confidence for me. And to know that, you know, she saw Jesus in me, she saw a light in me, that is, I don't know how much more of a compliment you can get, right? Like, I don't care about the, oh, my, your hair is popping. Oh, my, your outfit looks cute today. Y'all can have those compliments. But if you tell me you see the Jesus in me, baby, you got a girl walking different when she walking to work. So, Philippa, shout out to you, honey. I really do appreciate you and I appreciate our conversations. And um, I just want you to know that. But 
something that you said stuck with me this whole time. And it's the piece about being an instrument. An instrument. Like, we don't need to be perfect. We just need to be an instrument. So, of course, when something stick with me like that, I know it's the Holy Spirit asking me to dig a little bit deeper into what I just heard. So, I started searching my life manual, and that's my Bible for answers. And the Holy Spirit led me to Acts 9. And in Acts 9, um, we see the Lord referring to Saul as his chosen instrument, right? Now, for context, if you have not read this before, and I had to reread this several times, and I'm be real with you, I'm still working on completely understanding this because Saul done went through some name changes, honey. So I don't know if we Paul or Saul at this moment, but listen, y'all gonna bear with me for the sake of this example, okay? I told y'all previously, I am not a preacher. I did not go to school for this. So y'all are hearing me as I am trying to make sense of what the Holy Spirit is depositing in my spirit, right? So. We see Saul being called as the Lord's chosen instrument. The context that I do have, Saul is not a perfect person. In fact, right, he spent his life prior to this particular calling, prior to the Lord calling him a chosen instrument, literally persecuting anybody who believed they were Jesus. I mean, locking them up, killing them, like hunting after them. If you said the name Jesus, Saul was coming for your head. Do you hear me? And so he's not perfect, but what we do see is God using Ananias, who is already a disciple, um, and he's being asked to place his hands on Saul for a miracle to happen. So previously, Saul's um, eyes were um, covered with scales so that he could not see. He was blind, right, as a result of this interaction with the Lord. It was just set up for this bigger miracle. So the Lord is using Ananias, told Ananias, hey, go check on your homeboy Saul, um, put your hands over his eyes, and a miracle is going to happen, right? And a miracle did happen. The scales fell from his eyes and they were removed. And as I sat and thought about this passage, a few things stuck out to me about my particular situation, about what Philippa has spoke over my life, about me being an instrument. I don't have to be perfect. I just need to be an instrument, right? The first thing that stuck out to me was Ananias's obedience. So Ananias was already in ministry and I know he been in these streets. I know he's seen and heard all the stuff Saul was doing, they did not have social media in these days. But baby, there's something the Bible tells me is this gossip getting around. People know about you, your granddaddy, your great granddaddy, honey. They know. Okay, so I know Ananias heard about all these bad things that Saul was doing in his life and for the believers of Christ, honestly, persecuting them. But he didn't judge Saul. He didn't even disobey his instructions. Because of his opinion with Saul, which is what some of us would do, right? Like, Lord, I know you did not tell me to talk to sister so-and-so because, uh, hello? She ain't even on the same level as me. She don't even, you know, you know how we do, okay? Don't even start to act brand new. So this stood out to me that even though Saul was this person who literally, like, 
Lord, by me even going up and talking to this person, I could be killed. I could be persecuted. I could be thrown in jail. He ain't do all that. The Lord told him what to do. He obeyed. He set his opinion aside to do what the Lord asked him to do. He walked in obedience because this is what the Lord said, period. There was no discussion. The Lord said it. I'm going to do it. And the people who offered this opportunity to me, I see them in this. Thank God they did not look at my life, my tithing record, my church attendance, my old social media accounts and mistakes in life and decided to pass on me with this opportunity. Thank God they obeyed and trusted the version of me that the Lord whispered in their ear. And I think we should do the same with other people. I think we need to treat people with the same grace um, that the Lord gives us all the time and that we see in Ananias all the time with Saul, right? Like our opinions don't matter. Like if the Lord said it, I'm going to do it, right? And because you're a child of God, of of the God that I served, I am going to respect you and I'm going to treat you as if you were a normal human being because you are my brother. You are my sister, right? Like we need to walk with that same attitude. But something else that stuck out to me is that a miracle occurred as a result of this transformation, right? Not just physically with the scales removing from his eyes, but holistically. Like this man persecuted The very people and the very God who literally just gave him his vision back. And what did he do in that same moment? If you keep on reading in Acts 9, Saul worshiped Jesus and immediately got baptized. Saul didn't wait until the new year. He didn't wait until he got more information about, ooh, how did you do that? Oh, was that magic? He did not wait for none of that. He was transformed in the outer and in the inner instantly. And this is why I think he was a chosen instrument. Because God knew the end result was going to come. And he knew it was going to come real quick and instant. Saul was not a perfect person. But his past made for a perfect transformation story. And I'm not a perfect person. But I know that this is the very thing that God is going to use as a testimony for the transformation of others. And for that, that excites me. That makes me extremely excited. But as I look deeper into this word instrument, it still wasn't, I wasn't just satisfied with that. Like, what? Okay, so we just need to obey. Like, I know there was something different. There was something more with this word instrument. And so the Holy Spirit began began showing me the depths of this illustration. Or, as Philippa likes to say at work, Holy Spirit, activate. Hey, Holy Spirit, activate. (laughs) So I did what any Holy Christian Spirit-filled person would do. And I went to Google. (laughs) Don't judge me, y'all. Google has some good information, okay? Um, But the first definition of instrument that I came across was Webster's definition. And Webster defines an instrument as a device that produces music or a means by which something is achieved. And when I think about musical instruments, a few qualities stand out to me. Now, let me preference this. 
am not a musician. I do not play instruments. I could barely play the recorder when I was going in elementary and middle and in high school. I could barely do that, okay? I know y'all see that my husband be out there doing all the stuff and he's a great musician and his family come from me. But to be clear, I am not a musician. And so what I know about instruments, I promise you, you're going to be able to understand it because it's elementary, okay? Now, for those of you music musicians out there, this might hit a little different for y'all. So please let me know what the Holy Spirit gives you with your advanced knowledge of what an instrument is. But for me and most of the people out here, this is what stands out to me about instruments, right? Instruments can't be played by themselves. Somebody has to be playing them and playing them at all times in order for sound to be produced. But they must also be in the right tune or in the right key to sound good. There's a whole lot of people out there playing instruments and it sound like pots and pans banging on each other because you haven't got it tuned in. But there are also so many different kinds of instruments. And I think this this goodness, this, this is good. This, this works so good to explain why God was using Philippa to remind me that I am his instrument regarding this opportunity. Because God is and will always, always be in control. He is the musician, to be clear. We are instruments. He has all the control. And I don't need to figure everything else out because he is the perfect musician. He's the musician, he's the producer, he's the editor, he's the sound production person, he is the light person, he is the person running the show. I am simply an instrument. So he's going to make sure I sound good and look good and feel good as long as I am in tune with him and his will and the direction he has for me and this ministry and the ministry at the church. I'm a unique instrument. And I don't have to be like everybody else. I'm going to produce a unique sound. And that is exactly why he chose me. In a team, right? When we all come together with our individual unique sounds and instruments, that is when the perfect melody is being created. That is when it's a sweet sound to his ear. So the takeaway for all of us is, can you be an instrument that God can, one, use, but two, play in unity with his other chosen instruments? Do you coagulate well with others? And that's just the surface level understanding, right? But I was challenged to dig deeper and dig deeper, right? With this Webster definition, that's it. That's Webster's definition, but dig deeper, right? So I looked into the Greek version of this word that is used in the Bible. And the Greek word for instrument that was used in Acts 9 was skuios, meaning vessel. And the Holy Spirit kept whispering that word to me, vessel, vessel. I mean, I sat on this thing for days. Like, okay, Lord, so you telling me instrument, you telling me vessel, what do you want me to get out of this? And then the Holy Spirit whispered to me, capacity. Kept whispering capacity. And when I discovered this, it finally hit me. Does God have the capacity 
to work through you. It's not just about the outer display of the vessel, right? Like what this vessel looks like or the history of this vessel. Is this Tupperware? Is this an ancient artifact? Did it come from Africa? It's not about that. But God is looking at the vessel with capacity, the inside of it. A vessel that's not full of themselves or filled with useless things. So to be a a chosen instrument for God is to have the capacity for him to transform you for his glory. The capacity for his will to be done through you. And this new door that God was opening for me was never really about me having already arrived to holiness or me already having it figured out and having the blueprint for being able to be a part of this team and this ministry. It was never about me being perfect. It was about God recognizing that that I finally got rid of the junk, taking up my space in my life, creating capacity for him to now transform me according to his will so that I can be a living example to a future generation, right? Like he needed to trust that if he gives me a vision, I'm going to, I'm going to, to see it out, right? He gave me this vision for this podcast years ago and I'm just now seeing it out. So now that I took that step in obedience, now that I took that first step, he's, it's, it's, it was signaling to him, oh, she got capacity now. Oh, bet. Go ahead and unlock that that next opportunity for her. Go ahead and open up that next door for her because I know now that her vessel is not filled with laziness or or filled with, um, n- you know, not being productive or, or filled with distractions. I now know that I could trust her. She has capacity for me. And that's an honor. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but to immediately have a door opened up after you walked in obedience and you stepped in obedience, that is the greatest feeling in the world. That is confirmation. That is literally God speaking to his child saying, well done, I'm so proud of you, let's keep going. That's my son that I'm on the right track. And that is an honor to experience that and to feel that. So to that, right, you dang on right, baby. After I got this, that I picked up the phone, I said yes to that opportunity. And let me tell you about how God works, because that's not even a shouting moment. Let me tell you how God works. Not only did I get the call, but my husband got the same call too. Do you hear me? God sees capacity in my household. (laughs) Y'all, I'm finna shout right now. Hallelujah. God sees capacity in my household because of my obedience. So my question to you, are you a vessel? Are you an instrument? Can God use you? Do you have capacity for him to use you? Because doors are going to open up. Doors are going to open up. And I want you to feel what I feel right now. I want you to feel the honor and to feel the excitement that comes with having capacity for God. So that's it. That's what I got for y'all. But I don't want to leave you on that note. 
I have a few thoughts um, to summarize this, right? So as we begin to walk with confidence in our new identity this year, I don't want you to walk this new year with confidence alone. It's not enough. God has said it's not enough to be confident. But I want you to walk with confidence and capacity. So there's five questions that I want you to continue to ask yourself and that I'm going to continue to ask myself as well. But the first being, what is the purpose of this assignment that God saw that God saw fit that I was uniquely designed for? Right? Like if a door opens up, if an opportunity comes to you, instead of saying no, I want you to pause. What is the purpose of this assignment? And God saw fit for for me to be uniquely designed for it. I am his chosen instrument for this opportunity. The second question is, what great song will be produced for me as an instrument in this opportunity? Is it going to be one of those trending TikTok 15 second songs go viral and then everybody forgets about it? Is it going to be a trending song or is it going to be a transformative song? Are you going to be written in the ages for this song, for your work, for this legacy that God is doing through you because you are allowing him to use you as an instrument because you have capacity? The third question, are you ready to be transformed? Because you're not leaving the same way you entered. Saul came in blind with scales on his eyes, but after obedience, he could see. He was baptized and Saul was, you see him written throughout this Bible. God chose you because of the people that you can reach. He doesn't need more people who are the same. That's what Philippa told me. Man, we don't need no more old people who did it, never made mistakes, was, you know, um, you know, perfect. We don't, we don't, we don't need more people like that. We need more people that talk like you, that look like you, that dress like you, that got slang like you. We need more people who've been through some stuff, who people can relate to. Because that's when they're going to see Jesus through you. They're not going to see Jesus through through four or five generations of people ahead trying to tell them what to do. They're going to look at that like a parent telling them. He doesn't need more people who are the same. You're not leaving the same way you enter. And the fourth question, are you prepared to suffer for this transformation? Now, immediately after the Lord called Saul to be his chosen instrument, in verse 16, it says he must suffer for Jesus's name. This is not going to be easy. I know this is an opportunity that was brought to me. This doesn't mean that I need to quit my job and work on this, right? This probably means longer days. This probably means more commuting. This probably means all of these things, right? It's not going to be easy, but I can guarantee you it's going to be worth it. Oh, it's going to be worth it. And we're going to make sure that we're making it lit. And the fifth question, for the people already in ministry, doing the work like Ananias, are you looking for chosen instruments? Are you looking for God's chosen instruments? Or are you choosing the same old, same old generic people? Be open and graceful to everybody you come in contact with. 
You need to use discernment to be able to see how Jesus sees people, not how you see people. We don't need you choosing people for assignments based on your opinion or based on your thoughts and feelings about how they live their life. You need to start filtering that through how Jesus sees them. Because you never know what God is planning to do through them. And guess what, y'all? The enemy ain't going to like us having capacity this year. I'm going to tell y'all this. He is not going to like us walking in confidence. He's not going to like opportunities being presented to us. And he's definitely not going to like us having the capacity to walk in those assignments and be able to excel in them. But you know what he could do with that? That's right. He could take that up with God. All right. So I do want to pray for y'all. I got us all motivated. I got myself motivated, honey. I got that phone call a few months ago. I might have to tell the people to call me again just so I can say yes because I'm so excited. But I do want to pray. I want to pray for us. So let us just ready our minds, ready our hearts to be able to see this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, first of all, thank you, Lord God. Thank you for being a father who sees us. Thank you for allowing your grace to be able to see us for our flaws, see us for our imperfections, but still being able to love us despite of that. Lord God, I just thank you for this revelation, Lord God, for us being chosen instruments, for us being able to have the capacity, Lord God. I thank you for even wanting to do work through us, Lord God. I thank you for trusting us with this opportunity that you have given us, Lord God, and for allowing us to, to just have faith and, and trust and love and joy and hope and peace residing when we say yes to this opportunity, I know that you're not going to bring this opportunity to us and then abandon us. I know you are going to see us all the way through this opportunity, Lord God. So I thank you for your plans. I thank you that your plans reign over our plans, Lord God, and I am excited to see how they are going to come out. So Lord God, I ask that you just continue to um, remove things that are going to distract us. Remove things that are going to not be in your will, Lord God. Make a way, make room for the opportunity, Lord God, stretch and expand our vessel so that we have capacity for you and the capacity to do your will, Lord God, and the capacity to walk in what you have us to do and walk in that with confidence and walk in that with boldness because we know whose we are and we know who we are. Lord God, if somebody heard this message and ain't feeling all that way about it and ain't liking it, Lord God, I just ask that you just give them what you gave me, Lord God, because you gave it to me real good. So, Lord, I ask that you give them that understanding. I ask that you give them that fervent, Lord God. I ask that you give them that excitement that you gave me when I realized, Lord God, that I am your chosen instrument and there is nothing I could do about that. Lord God, for some of those people who might be hearing this, this message, you might be saying, yeah, Maya, that's good, but I still don't know if I should say yes to this opportunity, Lord God. I still don't know about it, Lord God. I ask that you just give them your will, Lord God. Allow your will to be done in their lives, Lord God. I ask that you just 
make it clear to them what their answer should be, Lord God. If it is for you, Lord God, if it is for them, Lord God, I ask that it is done. I touch and agree on that. Yay and amen, Lord God. And if it's not for them, Lord God, we rejoice and we praise you anyway for uh, just giving us that revelation that I got better. Better is coming on the way, Lord God, because no means next opportunity. And I know that we are going to be ready if our answer is no, Lord God, for that next opportunity. So I thank you and I praise you, Lord God. And I ask that you just bless everybody on this call. In your son Jesus' name, Lord God, we pray. Amen and amen again. people be you shine bright and stay holy and honey if you can't do that then baby take that up with god if you like what you hear please leave a voice message like comment or follow me on instagram at thoughts and testimonies